Last time, we covered the potential for Medicaid expansion as a solution for the rural hospital problem. Namely, that expansion would close the coverage gap and give rural hospitals a new influx of federal funds. And since the problem is rooted in a lack of Medicaid expansion, it would make sense that expanding Medicaid would be a good solution for the problem. But many oppose this idea on the grounds that it's inefficient and fosters reliance on the federal government. What then do the people oppose propose as their solution? The counter proposal reminds me of an old saying. If you give a man a fish, you'll feed him for a day. If you teach a man to fish, you'll feed him for the rest of his life. The strategy focuses on uplifting individuals by means of economic development in order to get them to be able to afford their own private health care plan. Levo, what do you think? That sounds like a good plan, but you know, how are they going to get all the individuals healthier and like and get them to the point to where they can't afford the health care? So you're right. Any talk about but first, any talk about uplifting individuals in health care has to start with explaining a health care idea. That is the social determinants of health. Do you know what social determinants are? I do not. So the social determinants of health are factors such as education, income, access to transportation, access to internet, etc. that act as indicators for the health of an individual. The idea is that an individual who graduated college makes 80000 a year and owns their own vehicle will likely be in better health than a high school graduate making thirty k a year who has to ride the bus every day. Makes sense? 100%. So obviously this is a generalization and genetic factors play a major factor into your health as well. The idea though is that instead of spending gobs of money on medical supplies and equipment, the government should invest in these social factors and in the long term the health and financial status of the general population will rise. Make sense? It does. So this would theoretically result in less instances of uncompensated care and reduce the financial burden hospitals face, particularly rural hospitals, allowing them to spend money on things such as equipment and updating facilities. So instead of them putting so much money into medical equipment and stuff like that, like you're trying to nip health problems in the bud early by getting people educated and stuff, which, yeah, that makes sense, but like, what kind of stuff do they try to build up the community like? So some examples of economic development projects that highlight the strategy are like in February of this year, Alabama announced that the regional authority in the Delta region would invest 3.4 million matched by 9.6 million and is projected to bring in $440 million in private investments into the Black Belt. The goal is to modernize the water system, strengthen transportation infrastructure, and help create a thriving business environment across the Alabama Black Belt. The deal is expected to create over 200 jobs, obtain over 800, and positively impact over 5,000 families in the region. Proponents of deals such as these state that they are crucial for pushing communities towards health equity and empowering them to do so without reliance on government programs. Now for pr true progress to be made, Alabama must leverage successful projects such as this to attract larger investments, such as what Georgia has done recently in attracting car manufacturers. 
Have you kept up anything? With I have. That? I have. They actually just built the. Uh, they built a new Kia not too long ago. I want to say in Woodstock, right there off the highway, and uh, you know it's busy. It's actually very busy to be at Kia, that kind of stuff. But in Cartersville as well, about 30 minutes west of us, there's a uh, there's an automobile, I guess you'd say, museum, and those kind of things you see pop up. They've expanded the, I guess, automobile world in Georgia. Yeah. It's been crazy. Like, the past few years, it's been crazy. You know, with Toyota Tires being in Cartersville, um, a lot of manufacturers are really in, in Georgia. But now that we're getting, the, you know, the whole sales side of everything, mm-hmm. it really goes to show how deep it's getting. Yeah, so lately, Georgia's attracted manufacturers such as Kia and Rivian, and they recently announced that Hyundai will be building a new plant in South Georgia as well. So infrastructure projects such as these would bring much more revenue into the state which could be used to fix pressing problems such as hospital closures and you know when people get in like they create jobs which gets more people on their company health insurance plan yep and so that would go a long way in decreasing the coverage gap as well but to put it bluntly these projects create jobs which help more people get health care plans which reduces uncompensated care which helps rural hospitals stay open you know, I mean, at the end of the day, anyone should be down with creating jobs. I mean, is that all there is to it, or like, are there any parts of this plan? So, the other parts of the plan would be, I just mentioned that Georgia had secured lucrative deals from car manufacturers, but another thing they've done to address the issue is Senate Bill 258, which was passed in 2016. The bill allows taxpayers to get tax credits if they make donations to rural hospitals. So individual filers can donate up to $5,000 and joint filers up to 10000 In 2018, this plan raised almost $60 million for rural hospitals. And before this, there was the Rural Hospital Stabilization Program in Georgia. With that, three hospitals each year got to distribute a $3 million grant between them. A hospital can only participate once in order to allow more hospitals to participate and only at-risk hospitals were allowed to be beneficiaries of this program. But back to the tax credit. Originally, taxpayers could get state and federal tax credit for donating, but a change in federal tax law means that now taxpayers only receive state credit. This kind of lessens the incentive to take part in this, but Despite this setback, credit is still available, and a tax credit is still a tax credit, even if it only counts for the state. And it still appears to be helping at-risk rural hospitals see an increase in profitability. I feel like bringing in private practices like that, you know, being able to have investments create a good way to, you know, not only fix a problem, but really, really, really indulge in the fact that we're making this work, and, you know, not even without the states not to have to spend their money and that kind of stuff coming out of pocket with that, you know, paying for health care. The only downside to that is that it seems like it would take a long time to work. Yeah, so that's exactly what the argument against the strategy is. Critics deride it for taking too long. After all, economic development in underprivileged areas is a process that would take years to see benefits come to fruition and rural hospitals are closing now. Those opposed say that there's a good possibility that the development programs 
are unsuccessful and fall short of the expected growth and that even if they are successful doesn't mean that those making more money will get good health insurance plans. Tactics such as the tax credit meanwhile are viewed as a good idea but they're not seen as enough and people argue that Medicaid expansion would be a quicker, better, more efficient fix. Yeah man, I mean I definitely see their point of view on something like that. If private sectors can come in and uh, manage their funds correctly and make it work, then I see that being a really good route and a really good route to take. And granted, you know, time may be at their, I guess, at their neck, but at the same time, you know, you do something fundamentally sound and get it done correctly as fast as possible the right way, then I think it could work. Like I say, no plan is perfect, and the time argument is definitely a big flaw problems happening now. And if you tell somebody whose hospital closed, oh, don't worry, we're doing an infrastructure project and there'll be 200 jobs created over the next five years, they'll say, well, my appendix is bursting now, like, I need help. So I think this plan really has some good ideas. You know, it would not cause a massive like, increase in taxes and things like that for a state and it would uplift people and kind of give them the power to you know fix their own situation yeah. but in the meantime there needs to be something done for the rural hospitals that are closing now for sure and so next episode we'll kind of talk about our final thoughts on this issue a very complicated issue and uh, what could be the plan going forward